All right, all right, it's that time again. It's time for more English and coffee. Hope you got your cup, I've got mine. Get ready, because it's gonna be a good one. All right, so before we get started, as per usual, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about how the week went so far. Let's see, well, week's already over, it's already Saturday. Went fishing, just for a little bit this time. Didn't really do too much out there, it was already we have something like a flood over here, so that means the water level is just higher than normal. It's abnormally high. Um, there's been no rain here in my local area, but I guess up north somewhere we have some rain that's been running down into the river, so it's just, it's crazy. So it's kind of jacked up the fishing. I ended up going to a pond to see what I could do over there. Got a couple casts in, but it was nothing serious, so I came on back. Had some stuff to do around the house. Uh, let's see, the work week. Crazy week as usual. Brought in a few new people into the service. Um, nothing special. It was it was stressful. I mean, but what? I mean, whose work is it? You know, you're gonna have your good days. You're gonna have your bad days. But you know, it's just all part of the it's all part of the process. But that brings me to an interesting topic because today I wanted to talk a little bit about how you can find a job in America. Now, this isn't gonna be the the blueprint. You know the know-all do-all but this is going to give you a general idea of how to get a job in America now I'm not talking about if you're a doctor or something like that I'm just saying if you want a job you want to earn money you want to start working because if you didn't know that's what I do here in America I help people get jobs I'm helping people get jobs that can't get them on their own they have backgrounds felonies uh, mental health problems jail records drug problems, all that. Those are the types of people I help get jobs. So if I can help them get a job, I'm sure this information will help you. All right, let's get to it. So when it comes to finding a job in America, there's a couple factors you got to look at. You got to look at the area. If you're in a rural community, it's going to be extra hard to get a job. You got to look at somebody's background, their experience, what kind of work history do you have, what kind of transferable skills do you have. You also got to look at the person's level of motivation to find work. You can't just sit around and say, oh, I want a job, I want a job. You have to go out there and get it. In this country, in this day and time, you got to do more than just complete applications. You have to build rapport with the managers. You got to go out there, you got to let them see your face. Because I don't know how it is for you, wherever you live, but back in the day, it used to be as easy as you go out there, you complete a paper application, you turn it in, you go home, you wait for a callback. Not today. In today's time, everything is electronic. Uh, applications are completed online. Most of the times, the managers don't even see you until the interview. Um, they're also doing phone interviews from corporate. So they've taken the power out of a lot of managers on the local level, moved it on up to the uh, corporate where it's just some big organization, you know, giving you some personality test, something to profile you, and then they screen you. I mean, it's it's crazy. If you see some of the questions that they have on these assessments, I mean, I've, I've done assessments with some people. I mean, the assessments can be anything from 25 questions to 200 questions, and it's the same question over and over and over. So let's just say you get through that whole that whole process, that assessment. Then you got to sit back and you got to wait for them to call. Now, meanwhile, while you're sitting and waiting for them to call, you have 50 to 100 other people coming behind you completing the same application 
doing the same assessment with different levels of experience. So you have to do every little thing you can to distinguish yourself from the pack. Now, so let's just say you completed an application, you know, moving forward, you completed an application, you've followed up with the manager a few times, you've shown your face, and then they say, okay, well, come in for an interview. Now, the interview is where it gets interesting. See, if you make it to the point to where you have an interview, you're like 75% of the way there. So when they call you in for an interview, that's basically they've reviewed your resume, they've reviewed your application, they've considered you for the position, but they're still not sure. Now, they may call you in for an interview and have 15 other people lined up to meet after you, or it may just be one, two, or three people. But most of the times, um, you know, I go in there, I meet with managers, and I find out their application process. But like I said, this all depends on the type of job you're trying to get. If you're trying to work in a hospital, you're trying to work in a professional setting like a business, a medical office, a lawyer's office, um, something with the, the police or, you know, fire department, anything that's like emergency uh, response services. I mean, yeah, you're going to need all these certifications, but if you're just on the basic level, let's just say you have your high school diploma maybe some college maybe you didn't even finish but you at least have the basics you have your high school diploma or you have a GED that's enough to get you in the door somewhere in an entry-level position now you can find higher paying positions you can find good jobs without having a college degree of course you could always create your own business but like I said I'm just gonna focus on the folks that's just let's just say you just got here to the States doesn't matter what you were doing over there because over here it doesn't always translate just because you got a degree in India or China America's got its own rules and regulations so you may have to go back and get additional training plus you have the language barrier but let's just say your English is so-so you know you can speak you can understand follow directions all that good stuff you know while you're working on your language I mean and trying to figure out where you're gonna live and what you're gonna do you gotta start earning money so the types of positions, I know I'm jumping around all over the place, but like I said, this is a podcast for advanced learners of English, so you already have a decent level, so you should be able to follow the conversation. Now, let's just say you're just getting here, right? It doesn't matter what you're doing over there, because here, everybody, I mean, it's, it's already, the odds are stacked against you. I mean, so you're really going to have to go 10 times as hard as you would in your own country, just because it's like you have to prove yourself. I mean, it would be like if I went over to another country. I mean, they'd be like, okay, so you know our language, but what can you do? And do you have the business terminology? Do you have the work terminology? You know, there's a whole set of vocabulary that just goes with the whole application process, the interviews, and working. Um, so let's see, what type of jobs do people get uh, on a basic level? You could get a job such as a um, dishwasher. You can get a job in food service. You could get a job working at a, um, let's see, a retail store. So here we have these chains. You got places like Walmart, Target. Some areas we still have a Kmart. You have a Best Buy, Marshalls, TJ Maxx, um, Kato's. It's just a, a shoe department. It's a ton of different stores. Uh, but you have to decide what you want to do. If you want to do retail, that's going to involve customer service working a register and being able to run multiple positions at the same time. So basically, let's just say you get an entry-level position as a cashier in Dollar Tree, right? 
uh, you would be responsible for running the register, means taking all the customers, helping them with the purchases, and in between customers, you have to go and break down the freight. So that's the stock because every once a week, these stores have these big trucks come in that bring all the products, and the cashiers, the workers, the stockers, they have to go out there, unload the trucks, put the stuff on the shelf so the customers can find it. Now, if you're working in a store that's undermanned, you know, they don't have enough staff, then you might be responsible for doing all of it. Sometimes it's just going to be two people in there. See, they like to run these skeleton crews because nobody wants to pay. So the companies don't want to play their employees, and the employees get upset about that, which makes for poor customer service. Um, I'm sure you have something similar over there wherever you live, but here it's a big problem because most companies, I guess it's a capitalist country, so they're about making money, saving money, cutting costs. If they can do the job of 10 people with five people, they will do it, and they will push to do it with three people. That's just how it is over here. So if you get one of these entry-level positions, expect to be doing any and everything that you're asked to do. Anything from customer carryouts, anything from washing dishes, cleaning the bathroom, sweeping the floors. It's just a whole gamut of things, but I'm going to take a quick break because I know this is getting long-winded and I'm jumping from topic to topic, so I don't want to lose you. So I'm going to take a quick break, come back with a little more focus on it, and um, we'll get back into it. Now, as I was saying, I said a lot of things, but one thing I'm just going to bring up, whether I said it or not, I did mention something about being in a rural area. If you live in a rural area or you're trying to find work in a rural area, the thing you have to understand is that the, the jobs are limited. So that means even if you wanted to be a construction worker or you want to be a retail server, there may be only three construction companies and maybe only four retail shops. So that means there may be little to no jobs in that area. And the only thing that may be open are jobs that you're just not used to. So you have to be willing to try new things. You might have to go back to school, get certifications just to do these jobs. That's some of the situations that some of my clients end up in. They want to work in this type of store. They want to work with company A, but they only have company XYZ. So they have to adjust their expectations and work in XYZ until they're in a better position to move somewhere where they can get a job with company A. That's just how it works. Uh, you have to be flexible. You have to maintain realistic expectations of yourself and others. You can't impose your beliefs on the employer because if you do that, it's the quickest way to get shut down. Now, depending on the kind of job you're trying to get, you know, some employers, they like that. But most of the time, they don't want no lip. They don't want to hire anybody that's going to come in there and flip their little harmony upside down. Um, that's the biggest problem for a lot of people is adjusting uh, to different work environments, especially if you're coming from some corporate office and then you're going into something like retail. Because like I said, in your country, you may be working some high-level executive job. Now, if you have all your certifications good, your English is good, and everything transfers over, yeah, you could probably find that kind of work because they do have work opportunity tax credit here. So these are incentives for employers to hire people from outside countries or people with disabilities, people with uh, people on food stamps, people on, you know, Section 8 housing and stuff. There's a lot of government programs and things that give people preference if they have a certain demographic. So those are some of the things that um, impact the kind of jobs people get. 
Now, where I live, <clears throat> there's a college called, or a university called ECU, Eastern Carolina University. Now, thing with that, how they, how they do it here, so those people get uh, preference, you know, so you could be, let's just say you're 25 years old, right, um, and then you have a 25-year-old student from ECU, so they've graduated already, they have an ECU degree, now, they have a four-year degree, and you have a four-year degree from wherever you're from, or if you got it in another state. Everything else matches up, work experience, height, weight, age, sex, all that matches up. Who do you think is going to get the job? Person from ECU. I mean, they even have banks here with the ECU colors on it. So this is just how it's set up in the city. Now, all these employers are supposed to be equal opportunity employers. You'll see that EEO on the applications, but that's not how it always works. They do what they want to do. Now, <clears throat> what I recommend, if you go to a place, first thing you want to do is canvas the area. You want to go out, you want to find what jobs are in the area, what markets are in the area, what do people do, where do people go to buy things, what kind of things do people buy? Because you may want to be a seller. You may want to open your own business, but you can't just go out there and start selling things. You have to contact you know, the, um, the people at the state level. So my experience has been with food service. So if you wanted to do something in food service, let's say you're from Mexico or whatever, and you wanted to come here and you wanted to cook tacos, you wanted to cook burritos and enchiladas and all this good spicy food, you can't just go out there and open up a food cart. No, you got to contact environmental services. You got to apply. You got to get approved. You have to make sure your heat temps are good. It's just a lot of different rules and regulations that you have to observe when you're trying to find work in another country. But back to the easier stuff. Uh, let's see. Other jobs are places that people go. So you have a McDonald's over there, so I'm sure you know how that works. McDonald's, I believe it's a global company. Just about everybody knows about it. I've never worked there personally, but I have worked in fast food. One of my first jobs was um, Wendy's Old Fashioned Hamburger. So they make hamburgers. Uh, but that's, you know, typically jobs like that, you're going to find people in there 16 to 23. If you find anybody in there over 20 years old and just say if they're not a manager, then they're, you know, they messed up somewhere along the way. Because nobody 40 years old, 50 years old, even 30 years old is trying to work fast food. That's just somebody who's missed a step somewhere and they're trying to regain their footing. Um, now me, I've been working in mental health for 20 plus years, I'm say about 20 plus years, because um, it is already, what, 2000, no, it's 2019, so I'm going to say 19 years, because it started about 2000, it's about 19 years of mental health, I've worked a variety of different um, uh, settings, so dealt with people who were, well, we don't use the word retarded anymore, but they were mentally challenged, basically they had developmental disabilities, uh, you're talking, you can't walk, you can't talk, you may be able to see you're in a wheelchair, you're doing behaviors, hand mouthing, biting, banging your head. I started with that, you know, direct care, changing diapers, moved up to one-to-one. -one. Basically, that's where you have a client and you're working with them on personalized goals. From there, I went to a, um, a higher level of um, clients, I'll say, or SPMI, different population. Basically, these people were hospitalization, uh, jail, you know, at risk for these types of things. So they're in and out of the hospital, in and out of jail, homeless, drugs, etc. 
I started working with that population. Now I'm working with the same population, but in a different capacity. I'm helping these people find jobs. Now I did do that when I was working on the ACT team, which is assertive community treatment team, you know, where you work with the police, you work with all the little hospitals and things to make sure people are stable in the community. But in this, in this, at this level, what I'm doing now, I'm working with these same folks, but, you know, I'm more involved with probation, uh, people court cases, child custody cases. I mean, it's just deeper, more into the people's lives. I was already going in their homes, but now you're going in their home. You're trying to help get a job, but you know to have a job, you have to have certain things in place. If things aren't in a place, it's just impossible to do. I mean, sitting there with somebody trying to fill out an application, they don't even have a home, they haven't had a shower in weeks. I mean, it can be challenging. So these are some of the other obstacles and things that people are having to overcome, you know, in my line of work. But that's what I go in and help them do. But I'm able to do that because I have, you know, 19 years experience in the game. I could probably go anywhere and do this job just because, I mean, these things, you can't learn these things in the book. This is applied experience, applied knowledge. You know, I've gathered all this. You couldn't, you couldn't buy this stuff. There's no book that's going to give you everything I know. So it may be the same where you're at now. Let's just say you're a, a medical professional, dental professional, whatever, where you're at. And you don't have any certifications, but you have the experience. Now, in your country, that may be fine. It may work. But when you come over here, there's nobody to cooperate on your story. There's nobody to confirm that, that you have it because I'm sure there will be a language barrier when they call over there. They may call over there. They may not. They may just say, you know what? Well, that's good that you did all that over there, but we, we have no proof of that. So if you're going to come over here, you know, to the States from another country and expect to do the same work that you did over there, better make sure you have your certifications, better make sure you have your degrees, your stuff is legit, no online colleges, you need to have legit paper, hardcore stuff that you could submit, stuff, reference, good references that people can check and cross-check because they will triple-check your information. They even do that here for the locals, so just make sure your stuff is in order, that your stuff is tight. I know that's a lot of information about work, but hey, who doesn't need employment? Who doesn't need money, right? Let's take another break. Now, before we get out of here, I'm going to say if you have any specific questions about work or you want to be like, well, how do I get a job at the airport or how do I get a job as a cab driver? You know, just shoot them to me. Um, send me an audio message on um what what player is this? This is Anchor. Yeah, send me an audio message on this, and um, I'll answer your question. But in general, I just want to say this. So in my job now, you know, I help people get jobs, but I'm going to tell you the best job to get is to be working for yourself. If you're working for yourself, nobody can control your money. You control how much money you make. That is the best way to do it. So either develop a product, go out there and sell a service, find a need in the community, be a solution to the problem, find a hole in the market, all those sayings, all that's true. But um, that was a little bit about employment in America, as I know it, as I see it, as I've helped people to attain. So I guess I'll catch you guys in the next one. And now after recording that, I said, well, why don't I pull up an application? So this is a simple application that they have for a store called Dollar Tree, which I mentioned in the podcast. I wanted to give you guys an idea of the types of questions that you could expect to see 
on an application. Now, this is a simple one. I mean, they, they get meaty, you know, they get long and thick, but um, this is a simple one. So I'm going to go through this with you. Okay, so the first thing you'll see on the application is something that says last name, first name, and middle. So you're going to put your middle initial, you're going to put your first name, you're going to put your last name. They ask for a street address, so where do you live? you got to have a place of residence. can't be a P.O. box, it's got to be a street address. Now, employers like to see that you live in the area in which you are applying. So, like me, I live in Greenville, so they want to see Greenville residents. They don't want you to be living in Raleigh and applying for a job in Greenville. So it has to make sense for the employer because they're going to be saying, well, how can this guy even get here if he doesn't even live in this city? It's going to take him an hour to get to work. We need people that we can have come in, you know, on our beck and call. You know, whenever they call you, they may call you and say, can you come in? You're not on the schedule, but we need you here in 15 minutes. They need to know that you can get down the street in 15 minutes. Okay, next thing, the date. I always tell people, don't put the date on it until you're going to turn it in. You know, don't be like... uh sign it today, finish everything 3-2, and then turn it in 316 because that's going to show that you're you know, a slacker. You're not serious about trying to get the job. They're going to ask for your social security number, so you got to have that. If you don't have a social security number, then it's probably going to be an issue. Um, home phone, you need to have a phone. Most people just use their cell phone, so you got to have a good working number. Um, expected rate of pay, they may ask you, um, what do you expect to get paid? Now, the minimum wage currently in North Carolina is $7.25, uh, but that doesn't mean you have to ask for $7.25. You can ask for $13 if you think you have the experience to back it. But then you also have to look at the job. You have to look at the area and how much they're actually paying employees. Some places in the states pay higher than others, so just keep that in mind. Uh, they may ask you if you've applied for this position before or if you've previously worked with the company. If so, they want to know where, the location, month, year, contacts, all that information. So if you had a bad experience with one company, I probably wouldn't put that on there. So if you worked at the Dollar Tree in South Dakota and now you're living in North Carolina, but you left the one in South Dakota in a, in a bad way, you wouldn't want to um, put them down as a reference. But the thing is, when they run your social security number, anywhere that you've worked and earned money is going to pop up. So just make sure when you do leave a company, you put in your two weeks notice or 30 day notice and leave on good terms because you never know when you'll need them for a reference. Now let's see, uh, job requirements brief. Able to unload stock from trucks, max 50 pounds, stocking, pricing, register, operation, assisting customers, and general maintenance of the store. So this is basically, can you meet the job requirements within reasonable accommodations? Uh, they put this in here because a lot of people will sit here and be like, or let's say they have a bad leg or a bad arm or they don't even want to work and they'll they'll apply for these jobs and then they say okay well we need you to take that pallet jack and move this box over here and they're like oh well I have back problems well why didn't you say it at the beginning of the application you have to disclose those things to the employer because if you don't you can't ask for those accommodations later um, now it's a, one of those catch-22s because if you tell them you have back problems in the beginning they may not hire you just because of that even though it's supposed to be in equal opportunity employer. I'm putting that in air quotes, um, but like I said, you save yourself some headache in the end if you're just upfront and honest about these things. Let's see, what prompted you to select Dollar Tree as a potential employer? Um, when you get asked a question like this, basically, why did you apply here? You could have applied to any store. Never just say, um, oh, well, I need to make money. Of course you need to make money. We all need to make money. Don't ever give that as an answer. This would be one of the worst things you could ever say to an employer because it means you just pick them 
out of a random hat. You know, you didn't put any thought to the application. You just went in there trying to get a job because it's a job that was available. That's not what they want to hear. They want to hear that you enjoy the store, you enjoy the company, wherever you're applying, that you actually want to be there because that's where you want to work, not just to earn a check. There's too many people out there that's just working for a check, and you can tell it in the service they provide. Uh, let's see. Are you available for, for, for full-time work? Now, we have here something called part-time and full-time. Full-time is 40 hours. Well, 35 to 40 hours and over. Part-time would be anything under probably 35 hours. So you're talking 15 to 30 hours a week. It would be like part-time hours. Now, the difference with that between part-time and full-time employees, full-time employees are able to get benefits like health insurance, dental insurance, 401k, um, retirement plans, dental, all that little stuff that comes, the perks of working with the company. Now, part-time people, some companies, they don't get offered those benefits. Um, they may get discounts, employee discounts, things like that, but uh, most of the times, those types of benefits with health insurance are for full-time employees. Let's see, another question. Um, what days and hours are you not available for work? So you have to pay attention to the application. When can't you come in? Don't say, oh, well, I can't come in Saturday and Sunday. Nobody wants to work on the weekends, but new employees always work on the weekends. So don't even, don't even for a second think you can just put on there, um, oh, I only want to work Monday through Friday, unless it's some government or serious job based on experience like mental health or something like that with offices 8 to 5, and you're applying for a receptionist position or a skilled position. But if you're just trying to do some basic entry-level retail work, food service, yeah, you're going to be working on the weekends, so you're available at any time. They like to see open availability in the schedule, so you have to have a flexible schedule. Uh, let's see. Do you have relatives or friends working for Dollar Tree? Now, on an application, you may, you may see the question, do you have friends or relatives working here? I'm just using Dollar Tree because that's the application I'm reading. But it could be Burger King, could be anywhere, Walmart. Thing is, now, if you do, you better make sure that those are good people because if you say, yeah, I have a cousin that works here, they're going to say, um, they're going to look at his work ethic or her work ethic and be like, if they're a bad employee, they're not taking you. In a lot of places, they don't want related people working in the same location. So, because you can't have a manager, like, I can't be. Like, if I had a brother, I couldn't hire my brother to work in the same store as me. It just wouldn't work. Some companies, they allow it. Some, some they don't. They don't even like couples to be at companies. So it's, it's weird here. I don't know how it is over there where you're at. Let's see, another section. Special training or skills. Um, this is going to be, a lot of people leave this section blank. I'm like, why are you doing that? You're going to put your typing skills. You're going to put your, uh, you know, if you work 60 words a minute, customer service skills, communication, listening skills, any skill you can think of that you have that has made you money, you're going to list it there. Um, are you 18 years of age or older? Well, if you are, click yes. If not, click no. Um, the reason they ask that is because some stores sell certain items, cigarettes, you know, tobacco, alcohol, and you have to be a certain age to handle that. And sometimes some of the machines in the back, something called a baler machine that crushes boxes you have to be a certain age to operate that um, overtime are you available for overtime overtime is let's say you're already did a 40-hour week but they need you to stay extra are you able to do that yes you're available for overtime 
Um, when will you be available to work? When can you start working? Um, you want to put the day that you turn the application in, that's the day you want to put in that space. So if you're going to turn it in on Tuesday, then put Tuesday's day. If you're not going to turn it in on Tuesday, then don't put that day. Excuse me. One second. Let's see. Are you legally eligible for employment in the U.S.? Now that question you will see just about on every application. Are you eligible for employment in the United States? What does that mean? You have to have proof of eligibility before you can be accepted by an employer. That means you got to have your documents in order. You're going to have your ID, your visa, whatever kind of papers you're going to need. You need to have all that in tip-top shape to say, yes, you can work. Because if you don't have it, it doesn't matter what, what kind of qualifications you have, how good you are, you won't get the job. Unless you're getting a job that's under the table, which a lot of people do. Now, a job that's under the table is basically, let's just say you walk into my store and you're like, hey, I'm looking for a job. And I'm, there's no application. I'm just like, okay, well, come in Tuesday and I'm just paying you out of pocket. So that's what they call paying under, uh, getting paid under the table. If you served in the military, were you honorably discharged? Now, why does this even matter? This is a question on the application. Now, a lot of people don't even feel comfortable talking about time they spent in the service. Some people do. But most people, if they were dishonorably, dis or dishonorably let go, then they won't want to talk about it because I guess you get flagged and it's this whole political stigma. Yeah, that question is just muddies the water. So if you leave the military, you've been in the military, no, you weren't dishonorably uh, discharged. You left on good terms uh, with the state because it's the government and all that good stuff. Uh, let's see. Um, school education. They ask about your education. Uh, did you complete high school? If not, how many years did you complete? Um, better to just, yeah, have graduated from high school. So if you haven't graduated from high school, go on back, get your, get your education. College, graduate from college. Um, if not, no biggie. Like I said, it depends on what kind of job you're trying to get. These are just for basic jobs here. Um, even if you didn't finish, Put down two years if you did two years. Put down three years if you did three years. One year, six months. If you went to college for a day, put that down. Um, list of special interests and hobbies. So this question is just because employers like to get to know you. They want to know your personality, what type of person you are, where you fit into their, their flow, their model of the ideal employee. Um, let's see. Employment history. Now, the questions they ask about your employment history in general, sometimes they get a little more in-depth, are going to be the company name, the address of the company, the supervisor's name, the job title, a brief description of your work, the telephone number of the company, the dates you were employed, your rate of pay starting, and your rate of pay ending, and then your reason for leaving the company. Key, reason for leaving the company, why did you leave the job? Because they want to know, are you somebody who's going to leave them for higher pay? Are you somebody who's going to have another health issue? So be, think, think carefully before you just write in there, oh, well, I left because my mom was sick. Well, what if she gets sick again? No. So you have to put some thought into the reason that you left the company. Um, so they probably asked about three or four, for three or four of your last employers. And then typically with this application here, it, it just says sign it and date it. Now on this application you can also see that they have different um, 
things that people in different states need. Like it says, Minnesota or California applicants only. So people from Minnesota or California, if they're applying for a job, they have a special section that they need to complete. And it goes on from there. But that's just a little idea just to give you an idea of what a typical, basic, very generic application sounds like. So just wanted to add that in there in case you were curious. All right. Now, this time, I'm out.